Praise the Lord. Everybody say hello to Justin. Hi, Justin. He is scared to death right now. I want to share a message with you today. It will be the first time I have ever preached a three-point sermon on Easter Sunday morning. Of course, we Pentecostals, we have a way of really stretching it out a little bit. Three might be enough, but in this message today, three points are very much, very much perfect. A three-point message that is a message that has to be received before anyone in this house can ever have hope after death. I'm going to share with you a three-point sermon. And this morning, I want to share with you the thought, we want to drive home the point. I want to drive home the point. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, that you just touch this message, that you help me, Lord, to be able to share what you want me to share. And Lord, I pray in this house, as saints are praying, for a spirit of conviction to fall in this house. We celebrate resurrection but Jesus, you came with a purpose and a plan and that you've come to redeem the lost. I pray, Lord, right now that the Holy Spirit begin to touch our hearts and our minds and we all receive this word. And Lord, I need you to touch me this morning, to anoint me, to share this word. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. A three-point sermon. A message that brings opportunity to those who are tired of the present, of the present lifestyle they're living, and a need for a new life. Those of us here today who are tired of the shame, guilt, fear, anger, depression, feeling out of control, longing for love and peace, joy, strength, and assurance. Let me drive home the three-point gospel good news message that came from the Apostle Paul. But you and I can make it our declaration this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, Paul writes and he says these words, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, standing in the gospel which you received, we must receive. And he preached this gospel and by which we're also saved. We're saved by this word, this three-point gospel. A word that can change the world. A word that will change your world. A three-point message that Paul states. If you hold fast that word which I preached you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Point number one, Christ died for our sins. Justin's going to help me drive it home to you that he died for our sins. You go as much as you want, brother. You get the anointing, you just go ahead. All right. I want to drive home each one of these points. 
that Christ died for our sins. As he hung there on the cross, he took the sin burden of the whole humanity and the human race upon himself. He became sin for us. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2 and 24 states, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. This helps us to understand Christ's struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane with the cup of sin which would be poured out upon him on the cross. According to Matthew, Matthew's gospel, that from noon to 3 p.m. on that fateful day when Christ hung on the cross, there was darkness. And in the darkness, the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all, found in Isaiah 53 and 6. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the great mystery. The darkness fell because God was doing something to Jesus. And he was pouring out your sins and my sins upon him. First of all, I will tell you, he didn't have to come. He didn't have to do what he did, but he did because he loves us. And as we live this life and travel and journey through this life, we realize, uh, we start discovering things in life that life can bring a lot of heartaches. Life can bring a lot of problems. Life can bring a lot of uh, situations and, and guilt. We'll do things that we're ashamed of. We'll commit sins that we shouldn't commit sins at all but Jesus while we were yet sinners Christ died for us uh, he didn't say now first you got to go through a 12 step program before you can get to the cross he said you just need to turn to the cross you need to just believe in him why because as Paul stated Christ died for our sins I want you to know that means a lot to me this uh, elderly kind of preacher up here today that Jesus died for my sins every one of them Christ died for my sins he died for your sins so that you might discover and see that there is a savior amen and this is the deepest mystery when darkness fell the sin was placed upon him he became sin for us why because we couldn't do anything about our situation first timothy 2 and 5 and 6 says for there is one god and one mediator who can reconcile god and humanity the man christ jesus he gave his life to Purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. This is the message just at the right time. We live in a crazy world right now. I can't figure it out. Can you figure it out? Where wrong seems to be right, where uh, where that what seems to be wrong is acceptable, and that it's okay to do a little wrong. Uh, you know, it's okay to lie a little bit. It's okay to sin a little bit. It's okay to steal a little bit. We're in those kind of times today where that we're making up the rules as we go. 
go. We decide that what is right according to our circumstances and what is wrong according to our circumstances. Let me tell you that there is a sin that you and I will commit and we do commit and we need a Savior. We need a Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1 and 9, 1, 18 and 19 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot. We must understand that only he could bring the, the end of the second death. Only Jesus could make the difference that would draw the line where you and I would not die and go to hell. Only he could stand and draw the line and say you can't cross this line because you've been forgiven and that you're not going to be judged now. Now you're loved and loved and you're forgiven because you cried out to me and I heard you when you cried. Jesus did it because we couldn't do it. Jesus did it because we couldn't do it. We can't do it today. We can't do it on ourselves today. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. And so the one point to drive home is that first point. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. The second point simply is stated. Go ahead and take it and drive it home, Justin. He was... Buried. Yeah. He was buried. He was buried. When someone's buried, we all know in this life, we've all had to bury people or be at, at funerals, and some of us have lost people recently. And a, a grave being buried is a sense of finality. It's final, it's over in the world's sense, in the world's eyes. Those who have no hope, they think this is the end, it's over. And there's no hope. I'll never forget the story of my father-in-law when he passed away. Lester Guest was a good Christian, a man of God. And when he passed away of cancer, you know, throughout his life, when I've known my wife and we were dating and when we got married and... Lester would always wear kind of the outdated, kind of bland-looking clothes. Wilma, his wife, who was a little bit younger than him, always wanted him to dress a little bit more, you know, current. And, and at that time, bright colors were the thing, you know, wearing the bright paisley ties. And Lester just would pull out an old 20-year-old tie and wear it, and his jacket was equally as old. And he'd go and just, and Wilma would say, you know, Lester, Lester, you know, don't, don't wear that. No, what's wrong with it? It fits. It still fits. Lester, when he passed away, and we showed up at the funeral home at the family viewing first before the, the funeral service, the family gathered around uh, my, my wife, her two sisters and brother and spouses, and we gathered around the casket and, it was heart-rendering, heartbreaking. You know, you lose someone. It's very hard. How many here can relate to me? But then there was a break in the silence after there was a little tears and such. And my brother-in-law, Mike, said something. He said, huh? He says, Wilma finally got her way. He was laying there in a new black suit, and he had a bright red tie. <laughs> and I, I told him, I said, I believe Lester probably be laughing right now. But Wilma got away at the very end. But you see, I want to say this. Here on earth, we can provide a great memorial service. 
beautiful flowers, songs and poems and testimonials, or even a well-written eulogy. But Jesus, but Jesus had, he had some ceremony. He was, his body was anointed with spices and wrapped and placed in a borrowed tomb. The Apostle Paul alluding to the fact that Jesus solved the finality of death. Though you and I, we can dress, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but though we can dress, we can dress up people, we can dress up the, the deceased, and we can set out all the things that we do, but Jesus, he didn't come. He didn't come so he might create ceremony. We can only dress up and beautify here on earth what we can in the service. But Jesus didn't come to do that. He came to raise the dead. Raise them back to life forever. So we can do what we can do in our limited way, but Jesus came and provided a way Though they were dead, yet shall they live. That's not the end of the game. It's not over. In other words, Jesus was saying, tell mankind to go ahead and do what they do. Embalm, cremate, bury, etc. The burial in a human mindset appears to be the final act and end in a permanent condition. But for the child of God... It will not be the end. Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. Hey, you don't have to die to get eternal life. You've already got it already. According to the Apostle Paul, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if you're born again, that same spirit's going to raise you up because he's already in you. And the Holy Spirit's already in you. He's going to raise you up, every one of us who are children of God. We have this hope in Christ. So therefore, he was buried. He was buried. And what we need to realize is that with Dying for the saint of God is not the end when they're buried. We're just getting started. We're just getting started in this new life, eternal life in Christ. We're just going to keep on going. We're better than an Energizer bunny. I think that bunny's going to run out of gas one day or another. But I'll tell you right now, the battery might need to be recharged, but that Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of you, your body on the outside may be falling apart, but he's living greatly on the inside of you. He's going to raise you up, those who are born again, who have the Holy Spirit in your life and been redeemed. And so he was buried. He was buried. Then the third point, he rose again. On the third day. There you go. Now I tell you, you're going to town with this one. I believe you've been holding back. He rose again on the third day. Drive this point home. He rose again on the third day. Yeah. Try and pull that out, Satan. You can't do it. You can't do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus didn't roll that stone away. An angel had to go do that. 
Jesus already had rose from the dead. The angel opened it up so everybody else can go on the inside and look. That's what the Lord wants you to do is be able to look inside that tomb. Maybe look inside there and know he is alive. So many of us are tomb dwellers. We, we hang around at the tomb. Are you wanting to sit down? You can now, buddy. Give Justin a round of applause. I just thought about that. He rose again on the third day in Luke 24, 1 through 6. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, the certain other women with them, and certain other women with them, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Why seek the living among the dead? Why would you and I want to go back to the old dead life? Try to find the living. Try to find the answers in the dead tomb. He's not there. He is alive. He is not in your past life of sin and waywardness away from God, but he is alive. And he's alive again. He's alive again. I don't think it was by accident you know, that Jesus rose, but he rose again. The writers of the scripture didn't just by accident put that word again. I like that word again. I like that word again, you know? It's like when somebody's giving me, sharing a little something off their plate. I take a bite out, then they say, go on, go on again, take another. I like again. Again is uh, like, you know, it just keeps going. It doesn't stop. You know, I thought it was all over it the first time. Now it's again. Again. And it's not by accident that, that the apostles wrote that word again in there. It's not by accident in that verse. Again means that Jesus is living and doing and working as usual as before. It wasn't just, it just rose and that's it. No, Jesus was still doing the work that he could do before because he rose again. The life he was living, he was living again. He was working and saving, redeeming, and doing the work again. He rose again. The same Jesus you knew before is the Jesus afterwards. He rose again in that life, that resurrection power in, in that life. And not only the scripture said that he he rose again but I like that word again because uh, there Jesus stated in John 14 he says I will come again he's again is a word that we need to realize that he rose from the dead again he rose again so he could come back and receive us unto himself he's coming again why because he rose again he rose he's alive and lives forevermore 
He rose again provides a far-reaching power that surpasses anything we could think of in this life, that causes us problems, that, that uh, you know, conquering death trumps every fear in this life. You may be facing something and dealing with something right now, but Jesus trumps it. He trumped it. He rose again. The devil did everything he possibly could against Jesus. But he couldn't succeed. He came out of that tomb. The devil thought it was over. Jesus said, no, it's just beginning. And then he rose from that grave. And so I want to tell you a message today and let you know that he rose again so that he could provide and give you victory, that the empty tomb brings victory in our life. And that Jesus Christ reigns supreme. You give me Jesus who comes out of the tomb, I'll tell you he's the same Jesus that can heal your cancer. He's the same Jesus that can touch your body. He's the same Jesus that can work out your family situation. He's the same Jesus that can restore your life. He is alive and lives forevermore. Hallelujah. And the resurrection brought it to pass. Jesus is alive. He, he died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose on the third day. Let me tell you that when we look at the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead, we can come to a simple conclusion. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. Now, let me ask you, do you want the answer, or are you living for some more questions? Is death the end of the line? Is there a meaning to life? Who am I, and what am I to do in my life? Where's my purpose? Is there any purpose to anything? Can I change? Can I really change? The gospel message that changed the world then, it will change our world now and change your world. Christ died for your sins. He was buried, and he rose again. This is a simple solution. Solution given as Paul writes in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is your opportunity, your time. I've been in this business for a while. I don't like calling it a business, but it's sort of like a business, church business. I've been pastoring all these years of nearly 40, 40 years. And I have discovered and I've found out people come and go. People live and die. People face the conflict and crisis. And sometimes I've been invited to join in with their, uh, their crisis or their problems. When I look at all of this, all these years, I think, what in the world can I do? The only thing I can do is what I'm doing to you this morning and telling you this morning. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose on the third day. This is the good news in the gospel. This is the hope that you desire and you need in your life. The Resurrection Sunday. It's today we celebrate it. Meaning new life, we can have new life in Christ. Why don't you make up your mind today? You have no assurance of next year you'll be with us.
That I know for sure. I see it can change with time. People who are here today are gone tomorrow. What is your decision now at this moment? And I don't want you to allow anything to distract you. So I'm going to ask the saints to pray right now. And the Christians in the house to pray that the Lord send forth a conviction in the house of the Holy Spirit touch our hearts. I just want you to know this is not a put down time. This is a time God wants to raise you up. That once you give your life to Christ, he'll raise you up. He'll give you a new life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. He is that kind of God. He is a loving God and a good God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, Lord, that you just now begin to move through this house and speak to our hearts. I don't want anyone today, God, to leave this house still lost, still backslidden, still wandering. I know, Lord, that you would hold me account and accountable if I don't invite. For this is why you came. This is why you died. This is why you rose. So that people can find life in you. We're tired of what we're living in, God. Their folks are so tired of dealing with what they're dealing with and the shame and the weight. They're so tired of longing and never being fulfilled or filled. Now, Lord, I pray in the power of your spirit, speak to the hearts of everyone in this room. In the name of Jesus Christ, the worship team, come up and play some music for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That last song you did, that chorus would be good. Hallelujah. Lord, touch and move upon our hearts. Don't let any man be able to ignore or put you off, but that they'll come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Would you just stand right now? Go ahead and lead that song, just a chorus or so, no, and then I'm going to take it from there. you to do this while all eyes are closed this is your moment this is your time 
The Lord has arrested you by His Spirit. Why else do you think you'd be here? God has drawn you. It wasn't a relative. It wasn't an event. But the Lord has made it so that you're here today. For today is a day of salvation. Now is the time. Now is the time you accept the Lord. And it's so very simple as a three-point sermon. To believe in a three-point sermon and apply it to your life and your heart and believe in Him and confess. I wonder in the house right now if there are those, I know there are those. There are those who are drifted away from God. There are those who have never turned their heart over to Jesus and they never confess of their sins. But just say, Pastor, the Lord's touched my heart. I know this message is for me. God's talking to me. I want you, if you will, just slip your hand up and let it down. Just raise it up slightly quickly. Just raise it up because this is your moment. God bless you. Just raise it up quickly. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's some more. There's some adults in here. God bless our students who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about teenagers. What about you, Mom, Dad? God's speaking to you. Just lift your hand up. Just See, you need to, to show forth something. Lord, I'm reaching out to you. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Just lift your hands quickly and just let it down. There's more. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe you'll skip that step of raising your hand. But you can pray this prayer right now. We're all going to pray. And you accept Christ as your personal Savior. And tell someone after you pray this prayer. Turn your loved one next to you, around you, or tell them, I prayed the prayer today. I've accepted Jesus in my heart. I'm a Christian. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to have to trust in God. And I want to encourage you that once you pray, you find your home church. It doesn't have to be here. Just make sure it's a, a church that teaches the Word of God. And, you, and go to church with your family. But go to the house of the Lord. Let God begin to teach you and help you and strengthen you with other believers. Because I'll tell you, it's a jungle out there. The world is against us. But if God be for us, who can be against us? So I want you to pray this prayer right now, everyone in the house. Pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you this day. And I ask you for forgiveness. Forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And that he rose on the third day. Give me this new life. I accept you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. With your eyes still closed, won't you raise your hand again if you prayed and you really meant that there was something that you come to the Lord. Just raise your hand right now. If you come to the Lord, just raise it. This is all you'll have to do. Don't worry. We're not going to tackle you. Just raise your hand, and real quick, as your witness, I prayed this prayer. The Lord's forgiven me. God bless you. God bless you throughout this house. Hands are raised. Praise the Lord. Will somebody give the Lord a clap offering of praise? He's alive. He's alive. We're not going to do that old, that old hymn, so don't even, don't even worry. Don't even try. But at the very end, when I was a little boy, Actually, I used to be a song leader. Did you know that? I, and the reason why was because I had a fairly decent voice. My pastor thought, and I could move my right arm to the rhythm. <laughs> How many here know what I talk about, the song leader, you know, back in the days of old? Easter was great. I'll never forget the Easter. We get to that place of that song. You asked me how, 
I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Can somebody testify that this morning? He lives within our heart. Hallelujah. He's alive and he's coming back again. Hallelujah. God bless you. Go on. Sing us a little bit. This is my testimony. That's what I want. If I moved it, I'm sorry. But we just do it. Come on, church. Let's sing it. My testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. Yeah. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Come on, let's sing that chorus one more time together This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony You gotta go a little bit more, just a little bit more, somewhere Come on, let's hear the drums This is my testimony, from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony Hallelujah, give the Lord a clap off Heavenly Father, I pray for those who raised their hand today, accepted you as Savior. Let the Holy Ghost begin to burn in their hearts, guide their steps. Today is that day of decision, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you just guide them, help them, Lord, strengthen them. They walk by faith. Oh, Lord, have your hand on all of us today as we go to our family members. When the family gets together, let us share Christ. Let us share the three-point message. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need that outline.